All right, everybody, welcome to the Nefesh podcast. I'm so excited to have Adriana Amato Rubio, whatever last <laughs> name you want to use. <laughs> She's got like 50 of them here with us. And uh, Adriana, you've lived quite a life. I have. It's been a whole 30 years. <laughs> Technically, I'm in my 31st year. You know what's so cool? Like when I first met you, had no clue all the stuff that you've done, that you can do. Like you're just kind of, you know, I met you and you're back there like mixing, not mixing, fiddling with cameras. And Mm -hmm. like your first afternoon, somebody, you just kind of showed up and they gave you a headset because you looked like you knew what you were doing, right? I just, well, I... (laughs) They looked like they didn't know what they were doing, and I offered to help. So I think, yes, they were like, you're helpful. Here's a headset. But then, like, you're, you play piano, you play drums, you sing, you know production stuff. You've yep. been married, been divorced. Yep. You're in school. You do graphic arts. Yeah. Like, graphic seriously. Graphic designer. A graphic designer. Shh, don't like- tell Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get stolen. No, I'm <laughs> but there's like a whole, like, I don't think people would know, know, looking at you, all that you've done, all that you can do. You're pretty humble for being so, thank you. I don't know, loud, but you're pretty, I <laughs> am loud too. Also in the most humble way. No, really. <laughs> but I want to, you grew up, uh, you're Puerto Rican, yes. grew up in New York. What do they call Puerto Ricans in New York? <laughs> it depends. A <laughs> what do you call it? Wait. Are you going to tell me or am, are you asking me? You're no, supposed to tell me. What kind of joke is this? No. We, well, if there's different types of Puerto Rican. There's like Puerto Ricans from the island. Okay. Which this is its own culture that right. moved to New York. And then you have the Puerto Ricans whose like grandparents moved over, but they've been in New York their whole life. So they're just like New Yorkers. Wait, you have like... <laughs> like they're just, you're New Yorkan. You're New not... New Yorkan. So yeah. what are you? I'm a New York, but, but okay, I'm a New Yorkan, but I lived in the country part of New York. Like I wasn't in the actual city of New York, so I'm not as like I'm not as Bronx as the rest of the New York. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Bronx, though. Love you guys. Okay, anyways. Well, and it's like yeah, because you would you would think okay, you're from the city, but you're not. You're from no. a really small town, yeah. Liberty, New York. Liberty. Like I mean, it's all very ten small. of us. It was great. No, it re- it's super small. Like very, very, very small. So you, you, your uh, dad uh, came over from Puerto Rico. Yes. Met your mom and was like, "Gonna marry that." Her. Yeah. So my mom grew up going back and forth between the island and being in um, here in New York. Here in New York, I'm not in New York. <laughs> Just so used to telling the story that way. Sorry. So she grew up going back and forth, kind of. So she like basically is first generation grew okay. up here or I don't know if what's what's first generation I think that would be second, She's second generation, generation kind of I think so but my dad moved over when he was like 18 wow so he's first okay so then for me growing up I'm also the youngest okay out of three kids yeah so my dad moved here they had my sister right away my sister's six years older than me okay I have a brother that's two years older than me but so six years of my dad living here, then I was born, then, you know, you start talking at what, two or three, so eight years that my dad was here, so he was practicing his English all the time, Wow! so he only spoke English to me, and my mom knows English, so I didn't, 
I didn't know Spanish growing so up. So can your brother and sister speak Spanish? Yes. <gasps> but you but didn't get the Spanish. I didn't get that gene. Oh. It didn't get passed down to me. <laughs> but you can understand it, which is another thing that you tried to pretend that... No. <laughs> I, okay. I can understand it, and I can speak it now, like, enough. Yeah. But I also, like... I really, like, I prayed and I asked God to teach me Spanish. I'm not going to lie. It's real. But because I started getting involved, we went to a Spanish church. And so I wanted to get involved. But how do you tell people, hey, come on, guys, let's worship God yeah. in English and then go back into Spanish songs? Right. Like, didn't work. So I was like, <laughs> if I want to be able to talk and encourage people and, like, do all these things and lead, then I need to speak their language. <laughs> so you prayed and God helped you to speak Spanish. Yeah. I, it was probably, like, six months that I... It was very fast. I mean, I, I probably think could, I think you're a fast learner. I mean, you that, you learn. Sure, God, God doesn't need credit. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm kidding. So it was God. Yes, I'm a quick learner. No, I didn't use Rosetta Stone. Probably should have looked at some sort of app or something at that time. Like, teach me, you know. But um, but yeah. So I learned Spanish pretty quickly. But growing up in a Spanish church, not knowing Spanish was fun. As that probably the only one who didn't know Spanish? Uh, yeah, because most of my other friends there, their parents didn't know English. So it was like... So they had to know. So they knew They were both. like the interpreters, right? Yeah. yeah. So actually, that's what I want, want you to share on this, this episode. I want you to talk about your, your church experience. Um, and we won't, you know, call out any names of the actual churches or any of that. We'll <laughs> keep it all like, you know... Um, um, what do they say on TV shows? Like, we'll, we'll protect the, uh, or the names have been changed to protect the innocent or not so innocent. Or guilty. <laughs> Just kidding. But I think you, you have, well, obviously, with your background, with your experience, you have a unique perspective on mm -hmm. God, your relationship with God. And, and hearing about your church experiences um, and what it, really took for you to eventually move into an experience where, where you felt like, okay, this is good. I can actually connect with God. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. So take us all the way back, not to the time when you were a baby, because you may not remember that. But I was born on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon, 10.01 p.m. My, really? my birth certificate says 10.01. Do you, so growing <laughs> up as a kid in, in Spanish church, uh, a church that was only spoke Spanish, you were the only one who really didn't because friends your age spoke Spanish. What yeah. was that like? So it basically, it just was like, this is just what we did. Hmm. So church was like the number one thing in the family. Uh, my mom grew up always going to church. And so like, so to take it way, way back in the 80s, my grandma's actually the one that started the church. Really? So there was no Spanish Pentecostal church in the town. And they had gone to like other churches that were like, you know, 20 minutes away, 30 minutes, whatever, and had friends and did all those things. But it was like, what about, you know, our town, our mm. people? And so this, the story goes that she knocked on some doors and found some Spanish people <laughs> that loved Jesus and they started gathering. What do you mean just kind of found them? They were there hiding around? And I picture just... it that she knocked on doors and was like, do you speak Spanish? And they're like, see, sí. she's like, oh, cool. And then started a, you know, do you love Jesus? And we're trying to start a church and she's super outgoing Aww. and super like ev evangelical. Like yeah. I want to reach people very yeah. like mission hearted. And so 
for me, I mean, we just, this was just church is what we yeah. did. But knowing now, like she's kind of started, it was wow. like, that's kind of cool. So did she leave the church? She didn't be, okay. So there's multiple levels. I think because it was back in the day and also like culturally a woman being a pastor is just not a thing in the Hispanic tradition. Yes. And at least in my experience. Mm-hmm. Now I know of women pastors now, but we're right. talking, you know, 21st century <laughs> back then. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, hmm. 50 years ago, that was not a thing. Right. Or, you know, 30, 40 years ago. So it was like for her to start, she gathered all these people and then she called um, one of the like councils that their main hub is like in Manhattan. She called them and was like, we have a bunch of people that are gathering every week we need a pastor wow and so they sent over somebody who was willing to you know come out to the middle of nowhere and be a pastor and whatever and so she was kind of like always involved and always helping to like Mm. run stuff and Mm -hmm. like very opinionated (laughs) I wonder where I get it from no I wonder I really am her but just (laughs) younger now (laughs) same same type of person but um but yeah so she did all that and and really like had the heart to like see the town get saved Mm. and love on people and care for people. And even now, like in her old age that she's like the grandmother of the church. So like even the new people that they haven't been there that long, they always know that they can call her for prayer or go up to her and get whatever. She's like the matriarch. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of cool. I mean, she's a little offended because like me and my siblings don't go to that (laughs) church anymore, but it's okay. She'll get over it. (laughs) Maybe. Or maybe not. She's, she's kind of upset with us. Sorry, Grandma. So sorry. We still love Jesus. It's okay. But this was a like this was a really small church then, or did it grow? Um. So it it's been consistent at like I want to say between fifty and seventy five members, okay. but it's been waves. Hmm. And so as a kid, you're just kind of like cool waves of people coming in and out. You don't really understand why sure. anyone would leave, but you don't really care because, you know, you're 10, so who cares, whatever. But as I got older, then I started to get, like, upset Hmm. at the fact that we weren't growing Hmm. because I'm like, if anything that's healthy grows and it doesn't seem like we're growing in numbers. So then me, I mean, and I've always been the person who's paid attention to, like, how church is happening just because my family's always been involved. And if I'm going to be part of it, then it should be awesome. Right. (laughs) So I'm, like, paying attention to this. But now, you know, as, as I've grown up, and I mean, I left the church, but as I have seen mm-hmm. just the con- continually watching what God is doing there, it feels like people come in mm-hmm. and they get equipped and they learn. And then they leave. And then they go out to do whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's always been that way yeah. for the last 40 years. It's been in and out, in and out. And it's like most of the time when people leave, they're not leaving because they're going, you know, rejecting Jesus and mm-hmm. trying to go out back into the world and do all the crazy. Most of the time people that are leaving are going to another place Hmm. and then they're taking what they've learned and they're like becoming a pastor over there or they're doing, you know, joining another church and doing whatever in a different ministry. So it's like, it can seem like, Oh, they're not growing and they're Hmm. not doing a good job. But there, there's definitely is a, is a like, there's like pillars of people that have been there for so long that have right. so much knowledge that new people get saved and come in and then they're like, thank you so much for this knowledge. And then it's like they graduate and move on <laughs> to their next. Was that so, what, was that like what it was for you? Yes and no. I definitely learned a lot in my experience, obviously with I in small churches like that. Um, I feel like there is 
the biggest foundational thing that I've had was like I was allowed to participate in church yeah. as a kid. Right. It wasn't like we had quote unquote kids church in some other room with like some what's the saying like a junior holy spirit who's like <laughs> over there and like you know it was I've never, like I've never heard that term. I I've like heard it. people say like I like it. They say that now in my church that I go to now they say that they're like there is no junior holy spirit. Right. The holy spirit is the holy spirit right. and you can encounter him at any age. And so I'm not against kids' church. I think that there's an appropriate way to do it. It was, it was, majority of the time I suffered sitting there. <laughs> suffered. Being, being bored. Being bored. And I mean, I don't know how many times I told myself that I was going to memorize all the scriptures. <laughs> and I only got to like Genesis <laughs> verse 1 and 2. <laughs> But I mean, you're talking about like each, each week there was, you know, a two hour sermon and I'm supposed to just sit there quietly. Two hours? Two hours. And you, you sat there quietly? I drew a lot. <laughs> I was That's quiet. That's you learned how to draw. I learned how to draw and it was great. <laughs> also, if I was acting up, my mom would have let me know that it was not okay. <laughs> In a very loving way, she would have let me know you're not to do that again. But I was pretty good as a kid. I think I was good. But yeah, there were certain things that I think we did have kids church like on Friday nights. But really what it was was just adult church run by kids. Hmm. So it wasn't like, okay, so there was a phase. When I was super little, we did like kids club. Okay. And it was cool. My mom was in charge because my mom was super dope. So she would do like (laughs) games and do all this fun stuff. Then as I got a little bit older, it became a little more serious. And Mm. so I'm eight years old doing adult church in by kids mm. so we like did everything the same way as the adults the exact same i mean we wore like uniforms like the adults and like suits and your fancy dresses and whatever to stand there and learn how to do church it wow. felt like looking back now it was almost like a boot camp like a training mm. here's how we do church wow which is good and bad true there i think there's always both sides true. right so like at the time it was not fun <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine at eight years old, that's not, like, that's not something you would look forward to. <laughs> so one of the things was like, when, before you read the Bible, like, we're going to read this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then the whole church says, amen. And then you would read. So like, if we didn't start that way, the leaders would be like, oh, hold on. Wow. And you're there like, what? So you don't want to be embarrassed, right? So right. I'm going up there like, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Father, Son. <laughs> don't mess up, Adriana. Don't mess up. <laughs> But if you did, if someone messed up, and it wasn't always like super embarrassing because sure. they weren't trying to embarrass you. No. They just wanted you to learn. Sure. So then they would go up there like, hey, don't, hey, Adriana, what did you forget? And like, oh, okay, we're going to read in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Wow. Okay, cool. And then you would read it. Yeah. And there was little things where like they wanted you to learn to be respectful. Sure. So like if they're reading the Bible, don't walk around. Hmm. So like you're on your way to the bathroom. They start reading the Bible. Stop where you are. <laughs> For real? Yep. Stop, drop, and roll. No, wait. That's, <laughs> just, that's, that's no. A, there's a fire. <laughs> Pentecostal fire. No, I'm kidding. Okay. So, but you would like, don't walk around. And then it became like, it was, there was just a lot of rules like that. Like that. Okay. So as a kid, these are the things that you pick up yeah. on. There was obviously, I'm talking, we're still on those things that I think were like a little excessive, right? So like the clothing and the rules and all yeah. that stuff was a little excessive. The amount this, of rules. Is this, was this type of uh, tradition one where th- the women had to have their heads covered and... No, we didn't have veils. Okay. okay. But we had long dresses, long sleeves, 
just cover up. That's just, just the rules were like, hey, everything. Eat. And it was, and it was, well, okay, I'll stay in my kid age. We'll get to, well, we'll move on. We'll talk about that when I grow up. When I, when I, <laughs> when I grow up, actually, when I get to later seasons of my life. Okay. So as a kid, that, those are some of the things that I think stuck out, like, that were a problem to me, just like frustrating, right? right. I'm eight, like, yeah. I have to go to the bathroom, I have to go. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to walk. And because like, they're speaking Spanish, yeah. I don't know if you're reading or not, I can't wow. tell the difference, you know? I don't know what's happening. Wow. So I just would get, I'd get in trouble a lot for a lot of things. <laughs> not too bad, because like, you know, my mom was awesome, but I'd still get in trouble <laughs> for a lot of things. But anyways, then, but some of the good things were like, I'm really good at doing church hmm. now. As an adult, I understand so many different levels that I get confused when I meet people who also grew up in church. And I'm like, well, hey, like, can't you do X, Y, Z? And they're yeah. like, oh, I've never done that. I'm like, you've never, you know, like you never went up in the front and gave announcements. Yeah. Like, hey, just talk, just tell the yeah. church about whatever. Right. Which for me is like, I was talking in front of the church at eight, wow. eight years old is when I gave my first sermon. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> What was your sermon about? I don't remember, but <laughs> I remember that my mom was like, you just do it like five to six minutes. And it was like 12 minutes. <laughs> and I remember, so I don't remember what I talked about, but for sure it was like, you talked way too long. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. So that's what I remember about that day. But I remember being eight because... Yeah. It so, just, yeah. like at eight, you're preaching sermons. You're, you're what? Are you you playing drumming, uh, playing piano, singing yeah. by that time? So the musical side of me, yeah. I, I mean, so we're we're Spanish Pentecostals, a church full of a bunch of Puerto Ricans that <laughs> love their salsa music, right? So my my dad is a musician. My uncle's a musician. My brother was playing drums when he was eight. Wow. So I was like six, right, when he started playing drums. And he got good enough to be like the Sunday drummer. Because, you know, <laughs> Friday. So first, let's talk about how we had church Friday, Saturday, Sunday, oh, and Tuesday night prayer. Are you serious? Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday services? Yep. The same service? No. Friday, so Friday night went back and forth between like one Friday, it was like kids church. The other Friday, it was teens. Or youth. Okay. Youth and young adults. And then Saturday, one Saturday was men, one Saturday was women. No. They would like switch, you know, bi-weekly. And then Sunday was uh, like your regular service, except the first Sunday of the month was missions. No. So they would focus on missions. Yeah. So you're pretty much there Friday night for two, at least two hours. Saturday was usually three hours. And then Sunday, Sunday school was at one. Oh my gosh. One o'clock, bro. Oh my we gosh. would wake up, have <laughs> so much time to watch cartoons, <laughs> hang out, whatever. But you couldn't do anything because it was like church was, right. you know, church is happening. And right. then my mom would be like, turn the TV off, prepare your heart because you're going to church. Right. And we're like, but I want to watch cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to prepare my heart. <laughs> I just want to see what happens on the show. Like, so it's, it's just real. It's true. It's so real. And so as a kid, you're like, I don't know. Mom said we have to like be in communion with the Lord. And I'm like, communion? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about, right? All I know is we can't watch TV. So what ended up happening would be like, we would start fighting. Like, we probably would have been great if we just had TV to watch, Mom. 
They should have just given you the TV. Just let them watch TV so Sunday morning. You, your brother got good enough to be the Sunday drummer. Yes. Yeah, so he was the drummer. And then pretty much, I mean, I played like tambourines, maracas, whatever, nice. whatever right. instruments they had in that sure. basket. You in the found front it of the, and you <laughs> and I would play it. And then I would sing. And then I had one of my best friends in the church, like we both could sing. And I learned how to do like harmony. So wow. they would be like, oh my gosh, you guys are so cute. Sing us a song, <laughs> you know, whatever. And I, you know, harmony has right. been my life. I'll yeah. always support. I'm a really great number two. I'm a really good number one, but I can really support. I learned at a young age, harmonies all day. So we would sing and stuff too. And then eventually um, in my household, my dad bought a piano for my sister. She was taking piano lessons. He bought a keyboard so that she could like get better. Nice. And she didn't care. She didn't want it. She didn't oh. like it. She felt forced. It just mm. wasn't her thing. She really loves to sing. This yeah. piano's not it. So my brother took it and learned it. <laughs> and he, like, taught himself. No way. And learned how to play. And so at that time, we didn't have piano in church. It was just drums and guitars. Why? Oh, because there just wasn't yeah. anybody and, to play. And, like, culturally, the guitar was, like, it's true. you know, Spanish music. That's with true. Their, they just, that's what they did. So right. eventually... Okay, so you know how like nowadays when you go to churches, typically you sing like one or two fast songs mm -hmm. and then they slow down. And, and one then, or two slow songs. And then you're now preparing your heart. Right. <laughs> mom, shout out to mom. Preparing your heart to hear the word and like be ready and do all that. And you like have your time with God and worship. Our services were the opposite. They would sing like one slow song and then we would sing like four or five fast songs for Are like you 20 serious? minutes. <laughs> <laughs> because like. Like, God. you would just kick it right into the sermon. We started off like, God, we're so glad you're here. And then it's like, fire, 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 fire. Like, they would go in. It just was like That's just way charismatic. Yeah, you're just, just here. You I'm, sure. Let's worship God. And sure. Give him all you got. You can't right. do that being sad. You know, be excited. Be worshipful. Make noise and maracas and guidos and what, all the things, tambourines. And um, we never had a shofar. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. I experienced that later on in life, but luckily that that wasn't part of my beginning years. No, but it was always just that type of like, just big celebration. And so eventually I learned, well, so we wouldn't have kids church. My brother started bringing the keyboard because he's like the, some of like kids church wasn't given as much. Sure. You know, it's a Friday night. Right. Right. The adults don't want to go to kids church on no. a Friday night. So they wouldn't come. Are you serious? They, they would, just send the kids? Yeah. Or if they didn't have kids, like the musicians and stuff were kind of like, eh, we don't have to be there. Like my uncle's working. My dad's oh, working. Okay. Like, okay. So my brother's like, I'm going to bring the piano. Aww. So it was cool because yeah. it was kids church. We could yeah. do whatever we wanted. So he brings a piano and it's like, hey, Adriana, can you sit on the drums and kick this? Just kick the beat. I'm like, yeah, sure. Because, you know, I get to sit on the drums. <laughs> and literally, I remember just sitting there kicking my foot. Like, wow. I'm the drummer. Was just, I was only doing the kick drum, but I was the drummer. <laughs> I felt so cool. And then eventually, it's like, can I use the sticks? <laughs> like, And then because he was a drummer, he would just teach me like the basic stuff yeah. enough to support him in what he's doing. And right. I'm like, dope, let's do it. And I learned. And then eventually, like, I learned how to actually play. That's so cool. Yeah. Then fast forward a few years, my dad got him a bass for Christmas. And, and so he's playing the bass, you're playing the drums, and... No, then he was like, we had another drummer, and he was like, can you play this on the piano? He's like, let me just show you a few easy Wait, chords. Wait, so you learned the drums first. Yeah. And then because there was a need, you're like, he's like, hey, can He's you like, I want to really play my bass. Can you play this on the piano? For real. Yeah, and so he just, I learned from him. Wow. Him just showing me certain things, and I was like, 
easy enough. Like, just make it work for me. As long as we can have church, we're good. You know? Shout out to the transpose button because it's gotten me through a lot of my life. And so, yeah, we would just do church. Like, we just became really good musicians. Wow. And we were there all the time. And, I mean, we're practicing for how many hours? Yeah. Three times a week. No, it's true. <laughs> over and over and over. There are so many, I mean, you know, there's so many musicians that, that found their like their giftedness in church. I mean, you go yeah. back to Elvis, what, like, I don't know, Katy Perry. Oh, yeah, she would sing on the worship team. Too. I mean, like, it all, a lot of them goes back to their time in the church, which well, is, and makes I, sense. People that you talk to that didn't grow up in church, yeah, usually, if they are, like, super musical, usually it was because, like, they were in lessons and they had, like, an intentional time to learn. Right. And it's not, it's good, but what I found is that it's more structured hmm. where I learned a lot of improv because yes, because of church. It was crazy. Oh yeah. Anybody <laughs> could take that microphone. Anybody, Anybody. the audience could just come like, up like <laughs> they would do well, it depends. So like on testimony night, yes. Come on up to the mic and testify. And some people felt that that meant song. <laughs> Amen. Praise them. And so <laughs> But it really was the structure of the church that I attended was kind of like, let's be fair, hmm. quote unquote fair. So everyone got a chance to do everything. Okay. Again, it's good and it's bad. Hmm. It's good because you may, maybe you didn't know if you were good at something until you tried it, sure. right? But it's also bad because you had people that were like not musically gifted and they were <laughs> put to sing yeah. or not really that great with like understanding uh, communicating and sure. they're like put to preach. Right. And it's like, maybe not on a Sunday, but like the other days. And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> for 45 minutes. <laughs> we just needed you to read one verse and tell us your thoughts. And it's some, some of the stuff was crazy, but you had a mix of, you had, especially, I mean, in the Spanish church, there was some people that just were not educated hmm. because they came from their countries right. and they only went to third grade sure. and they, so they just don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, I love your heart for God. Yeah. But let's get you trained before we put, give a microphone. The same right. way that I'm like, I don't think that it would have been smart to put me on the drums on a Sunday morning. Right. But kids church is fine. Let's sure. start in kids church. Sure. And if, when you can show and prove that you've kind of done your thing. Right. Maybe a Saturday night, you know, like work your way up kind of, but, and it's also to protect, like I would have been crushed if I was, mm. you know, 10 years old playing the drums on a Sunday and I was trash right? and, and everyone's really looking at me and judging right. me and getting mad at me. I would have been very upset. So it's yeah. like, I think that it's a protective thing, mm. but I don't think that, um, it was always seen that way. It was kind of like, let's just give everyone a chance. So you weren't always playing? Were other people playing because you weren't, like, they were rotating people in and out? Or There was, yeah, there was a season of that where we just had a lot, not a lot more musicians, but, like, two drummers. And then, you know, either, because um, my dad played bass as well. So if my dad was there, then my brother would play piano. So then I'd play drums. Okay. Or if there was another drummer, then, then like, you he'd would, play drums, and I just wouldn't. Wouldn't do anything. I would just or play. maybe sing? Yeah, sometimes I'd sing or, like, play the tambourine or whatever <laughs> like we just I'd have to do something <laughs> can't sit still <laughs> but like we would we had a pretty good rotation and then um when I started playing piano there was another kid who he was like uh I want to say maybe eight years younger than me and so I let him sit on the drums and I would show him that is so cool yeah and just so, like your brother showed you yeah so able to you know let's keep the tradition going <laughs> kids church was 
Kids church was kids church. <laughs> we had interesting bands those nights. <laughs> How was your, you told me a story once of where they were teaching you about the Ten Commandments and you must have been, what, seven years oh, old? Oh yeah, I was little. So was that Sunday school? And were they speaking in Spanish or were they speaking in in English. So they would do Friday night kids church mostly in English. Okay. Because all of us learned English or why okay. well, knew English, but sure. like the people that who maybe their family members only spoke Spanish, English just seemed to work better. Okay. English just seemed to represent school mm -hmm. and knowledge and that sort of thing. So yeah. it was like, okay, speak in English and they knew they were reaching us better that way cuz okay. you know, English was cool. Spanish was right. like, oh, my mom speaks Spanish. You know right, what I mean? Right. So English worked. And so, um, yeah, one time I remember I was sitting in class <laughs> and the pastor himself was teaching and he was teaching us the Ten Commandments. And my personality was very or is very. Was? <laughs> Thank you. OK. <laughs> um, I just like to challenge people. I like to just I just like to ask questions of what if I don't actually always think that it's a possibility, but why not? So at seven. It was like, here's the list of Ten Commandments. One of them is do not steal. Another one is <laughs> obey your mother and father. Right. Right? So I just simply raised my hand and asked the question, what should I do if my mom asked me to steal something? <laughs> and the pastor was like, what? I'm like, yeah, like my mom asked me to steal. Yeah. Like, do I not steal or right. do I not obey my mom? Because you can't have both. Right. What do I do? Yeah. And it was like. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> like, see me after class. <laughs> but they're like, Adriana, your mom is not, like, we know your mom. She's not going to do that. I'm like, well, what if somebody's mom? <laughs> Maybe not my mom, because, you know, she's saved, sanctified. What if this guy's Holy mom? Ghost what if this baptized. guy's mom? Yeah, somebody else. <laughs> Some other, like, heathen. No, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, but, it, but that was, like, kind of how I was as a kid. Hmm. And it wasn't received well. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, just shh, just listen to us. Don't mm. ask questions. Just do what we ask you to do. Was that kind of how, I mean, for you, church was, you know, you, you got to be involved. You got to do music. You got to learn how to do music. But the other stuff, as far as what, like, your growth and understanding who God was, did it feel like it was not minimized, but that there was a limit on it? Because of those types of things. Oh, yeah. I didn't fully understand, like, a relationship with God. Hmm. So they would talk about prayer, and they would talk about reading your Bible, and they, they talked about stuff all the time. Right. But it wasn't, like, practical enough for me to really understand what they were talking about. Right. Um, even in kids' church. Even in kids' church, because it was more of, like, you guys know God's always watching you. Make hmm. sure you do good things. And I was even talking to somebody the other day, like, me hearing God's always watching you as a kid was like, oh, don't act bad because right. God's always watching you. And it wasn't until I was older and I was in a different church and my pastor's daughter said something about God. I, something was, she was going to do something and she was like, but it's okay because God's always watching me. Hmm. And I literally could have cried. I literally could have wow. sat there and bawled my eyes out. And I was like, her idea of God always, is always, God is always watching me is a safety, hmm. whereas for me, it made me feel afraid. Wow. Just because of the way that it was presented to us right. as kids, right? right? Same sentence, but it's perspective. And so it's like, I don't believe that the churches had intentions. No. I don't think that that was like, 
it, but right. I do know that like culturally, yeah. In the Spanish world, yeah, there is this like you know like your dad's, your dad's your dad. His word is his word, and what the man says, the man says. Right. Like, and there is this fear hmm. that I think it's passed on. You know, especially from the old school generations, it's probably a little bit different with the more Americanized families and stuff like that. And like, obviously, like we've learned studies show communicating. Right. You're not just going to you can't beat it out of your kid. Talk right. to your kid. Right. See if there's something else going on. All those things. So I think the church didn't really know how to mm. handle certain situations. And specifically for me, being so young, right. being a girl and being outspoken, it was just like, why are you? Like, why did your parents raise you this way? Like, you know, <laughs> like if it was their fault. And I was like, no, they treated, they gave me the same rules. I just was the one who was like, I think I want to break those rules. <laughs> Whereas my sister was super sweet, quiet, followed the rules. And it wasn't even like she was afraid to break them. She just didn't have the just, desire to. It was just no effort needed. She was just. She's like, oh, they said we should be sitting. So I'm going to sit. And I'm mm. like, why do they want us to sit? <laughs> like. They have a secret agenda. <laughs> but it really was like, no, just sit down. And I was like, hmm, I think I'm going to stand a little bit. Like, I just always, I don't know what it was. There's always something in me that just assumed hmm. that I was being lied to wow. by the adults. And I had to figure out, I had like to figure really? out what it was. In church. In church, in the world. Just in, school, in the world. I didn't trust any adult. Wow. And I don't, I don't, I don't know the actual reason why. Hmm. It wasn't even like I was super betrayed. And I think part of it was the church. I mean, so you know how like with kids, sometimes we lie a little bit with kids, <laughs> right? I try really hard not to do this. I'll be straight up with the kid. Like, right. Because, you know, all right, I've seen parents where like they're drinking soda. Right. And the kids, they're like, ooh. Yeah. You know, kids, they just come over to you like, yeah. can I have a hug? And then they're trying to drink out of your cup. <laughs> And so they're like, oh, can I have some? And the parents will be like, oh, you don't want this soda. It's spicy. <laughs> right? You ever heard a parent say that? Oh, no, this, is, this doesn't taste good. You don't want this ice cream. No, this is not good. Really, you're lying to your kid. Yeah, That's, you're right, a liar. Right. And Let's the kid, just, well, maybe if they're smart enough, can see through that and be yeah. like, why are you eating it yeah. then? <laughs> wow, it's spicy, mom, because you're not making a face. I'm just kidding. But we'll say things like that to kids. And then as you get older, then mm. when you do finally taste soda, you're like, it's not spicy. I mean, yeah. the bubbles can get you if you're not <laughs> used to the carbonation. But at first, it's like, then you, you're you obsessed with it because mm. it's sugar and you get addicted. But you're drinking it like, oh, well, they liked me when I was little. But it's almost like, oh, it's okay because I was little. Yeah. I, don't, I never feel that way. I don't feel like it's ever appropriate, mm. right? So me as a kid, it's like, well, we don't wear pants. That's the biggest one, right? We don't wear pants as women because the Bible says we shouldn't do it. Wow. That's cool. But when I'm seven. But 15-year-old me is like, yeah, I can't find that verse anywhere in here, right? So what did, when, they, when you said that, what did they say? When I'm like, it's not real? Yeah, yeah it's not well, the Well, then it became, well, the rules of our church uh, is that we don't wear pants because whatever. So the Bible is talking about being modest. They right. use that scripture, right. right? Right. Be modest. I said, that's cool. But you didn't teach me modesty. You mm. taught me skirts. Right. So. Skirts versus pants. Skirts versus pants. So me at 15, mm. I learned how to sew. Not like real, but I learned how to make my dresses fit the way I wanted them <laughs> to fit. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. So I didn't learn modesty 
Mm-hmm. I learned skirts. Wow. So because of my personality, I'm going to do whatever I can to get as close to the yeah. line as possible, right. but not cross it. Right. So I can't actually get in trouble. But because you didn't teach, I didn't learn the reality yeah. of it. I learned the, like the, the rule. So the it, rule behind what they were trying. They didn't actually say, hey, we're trying to get you to think modestly, like dress this way because right. your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, you want to be blah, blah, blah. Give me the whole, give right. me the actual reason and maybe I would have mm. listened. But because you couldn't do that, wow. I felt like, well, then I'm going to try to break. I'm not going to break the rule because right. I'm smart enough to not break it, right. but I will get as close to that line. <laughs> Me and that line were best friends. We lived right next to each other. So it was a little bit conservative, a little bit legalistic. Yeah. And so when you did step out, you others step out of that, it was, were you ostracized? Were you shunned? Were you... Um, I definitely, I had gone back. So I left the church. I went to a different church. How old were you? 20. Okay. And I had gone back a few times because, you know, yeah. Thanksgiving, sure. my mom, you know, they're doing a Thanksgiving service. Right. I'll show up for my mom or my grandma will be happy, you know, whatever. But I definitely got weird looks hmm. and it definitely was not fun because <laughs> you're kind of like, uh, I kind of grew up here <laughs> and I feel like I'm not welcomed here, you know. And it wasn't by everybody. There was, of course, there's people that were like, we're so glad you're back and almost like prodigal son <laughs> welcoming <laughs> Which is also like, thanks, I'm not coming back, but okay, I'm just visiting. <laughs> but so there's always a mix, because um, I don't want to just focus on the negative, yeah. but there definitely was some people that were kind of like, if you're not in our church, then mm. you're not, you're not really saved. Right. Like we, this is the way to be saved, which I can see why if they really believe that, mm. then yes, if you truly believe that, then yeah, you would do everything in your power to try and keep people in the line that you think they need to be in. So I get it. Um, It's just wrong. (laughs) So So, I'm like, no, that's not, it's not what I believe. You mentioned that, um, that for you, the Spanish language was kind of like the, the language of, of God or the words, kind of the language that was used to understand God. Yeah. While English is the language of... English was like regular life. Okay. This was who I was, a kid, playing, mm. chatting with my friends, school, whatever. Spanish, because it was only really used in church, a little bit at home, but not really. It was really more used in church, so like that, it just like when I would hear things in Spanish, it yeah. just it's church words. Right. So I don't, so even when I learned Spanish, there's still a lot of words I don't know. You know how some people learn a new language and the first thing they learn is like, the bad words. <laughs> I actually don't know a lot of right. bad words. You just know all the the. I just words. I know how to say stand up, sit down. Let's open our Bibles too. <laughs> That's those phrases. Gloria a Dios. No. <laughs> I know a good Spanish. I can do the whole church in Spanish. But when it comes to like. So, like, my friends in school would be like, oh, you know that Spanish? And they would say, like, the bad words. Yeah. And I was like, I don't actually, like, I know they're bad. I yeah. don't know what they mean. I don't wow. know what it means, it, what it equates to in English, which is probably good. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess the the maybe not so good is that you kind of inadvertently developed this kind of split, you know, compartmentalized life, right? Yeah. You've got religion, church, God is Spanish. Yeah. While everyday life is English. And did it feel like... Well, I'm, I don't know if it felt like that as you were growing up, but later on, did you notice that separation? I noticed that, so I developed 
um, this like performance hmm. type of personality, right? Because I felt like I was always being watched. Wow. Because it was a lot of rules. And so if you acted right, then, you know, they'd leave you alone pretty much. If I did something that was wrong or like someone noticed something, then you got Mm -hmm. spoken to, then you got in trouble, then you, whatever. So I learned to like perform, quote unquote perform in a way that you'd leave me alone. Wow. So that I don't feel like, you know, you're on my case about something. And so eventually as an adult now, I can look back and see how it started and how like uh, me being talented and being Mm -hmm. the musician and being a singer and, you know, whatever, even like God using me and having like these really cool moments was like cool, but it was still felt very performancey. Wow. And then my actual personal relationship with God outside of the church world, just me at home, that was all English because wow. obviously I didn't really speak Spanish. Right. So I knew, I knew an English God, Right. but on Sunday mornings, hmm. I'm trying to do something in a language that's not really like mine. It didn't yeah. feel, it didn't feel real. It felt very performancey. And then wow. fast forward, I started going to a bilingual church then that was very similar. We could wear pants though. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord for some jeans. I was allowed to wear pants and I wasn't being disobedient. So I was good. But the church was the kind of the same vibe. And so it felt good to be like, oh, I can do what I know how to do and I can do it in jeans. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But even then with that church, it eventually I realized that that jeans wasn't the problem. Hmm. And so it took a few years, hmm. but eventually I was like, I really need to go to an English church that I can actually understand what's being said and I can like grow. So in this bilingual church, it was still a struggle. Yes, because it was mostly Spanish, but they would like translate things. to English and so we had a few people that went that only spoke English that I mean they liked our music or they just you know like the Spanish culture or they're married to somebody who whatever so they would like our church and uh, like the small groups and stuff you could do more English things but how did you like how did you get around if you can't really speak Spanish I mean I can sing in Spanish (laughs) (laughs) but as you're interacting (laughs) with people like how like well I understood them and for the majority of the people they wanted me to speak to them in English anyway so that they could practice understanding English so it's the same way like they're the people I mean and then there are a lot of people that just are bilingual sure so you can just speak to them in whatever language and they understand so yeah I just made it work wow and if I didn't really know I just stayed away from those people (laughs) Yeah, God bless, and just walk away. Like God bless you. Amen. So you you ended up kind of in a in a um, it's interesting, like a middle middle of the not middle of the road, but like you went from all Spanish to something that was kind of bilingual, and then finally into an English church. But for you, what was the real crux of of the issue? It wasn't was it the language? Was it the style of church? Was it the um, the I don't know, the beliefs? I think it was multiple levels. I think, yeah, for sure there was this, I think I was scarred Mm. by growing up in the Spanish church just from like being a kid and not understanding why they did some of the things that they did. I took it more offensively. Because sometimes like I'll even talk to my brother and sister, like, because we all grew up in the same church. Right. They're only a couple years older than me. And their perspectives are very different. Interesting. If you guys are listening right now, (laughs) I just want you to know that I am aware that your perspectives are different, okay? (laughs) But no, I'll talk to them and it is like, 
did we grow up in the same church? So they had a completely different experience. Yeah, both of them separately. So just because it's like when you hear certain things, I take it as, you know, mm. hidden agenda and why are sure. you trying to control me sure. and whatever, where my sister's like, oh, no, they told us this because they care about whatever. I'm like, yeah, no, they didn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> liars, you know. And so I think it's just like my own personal perspective is, you know, that was just my view. Hmm. Personalities play a huge role. Absolutely. And then um, there were certain things, too, that I think changed a little bit after like my brother and sister went to college. And then I was kind of there. But that that's also another thing. I felt abandoned, alone. Mm. You know, they went on to live their lives. And I'm like, you guys are doing whatever you want in college. You're, you're so happy. And I'm stuck at home with mom and dad in this did church, you, you know. Did you feel like you had to keep going to that church for your family? I didn't ever think that I would leave the church. Wow. Because how do you leave? Your grandma's there, your mom's there. Like, mm. what other... I didn't even think about other options. Wow. Until I was 20 and I was like, hey, I don't have to go here. Wow. I have a car. <laughs> I have a job. <laughs> like, I mean, I still lived at home, so that was an awkward conversation right. that we had. But it was like, I don't think this is going to be the most beneficial. Mm. And, like, we would have... I mean, you know the term like church hopping, yeah. right? People that just go from sure. church to church. I didn't want to be that because no. I'm all for church. This is what we did. Right. We did church. We were the first ones there, the last ones to leave. I knew the church code. I mean, <laughs> if they haven't changed it, I still know the church code. Just saying. <laughs> but like you get in there, you open the door, you go yeah. in. And like it was like this. We were the church and mm. we made church happen every week. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved being part of doing that and so now as I got older I left that church but I went to another church and was like how can we make church happen here yeah you that's got just, just as involved right that's right. always been my thing because yes I have an opinion about pretty much everything but I'm also like I want to be part of the solution yeah I'm not just gonna sit there and be like hey here's everything that's wrong with your church I'll come back next Sunday. Let me know if you fix it. I'm like, hey, can we meet on Monday? Yeah. And I'll give you some of my ideas. Maybe we can try this next Thursday. Yeah. Like, I right. want to be part of the the solution for right. it, which I feel like gives my opinion a little bit more weight. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I still have an opinion, but I want to help and make it better. And I'm not always right. Sometimes my opinion mm. is wrong, and that's okay. Sometimes, though. <laughs> no, but at least, like, yeah, I just want to be part of making church and, and doing church and so then as I went to that like middle-ish ground type of church, I realized that I was like, I just don't like church this way. Hmm. I think some of the beliefs too um, that come from that kind of legalistic thing is it's very, sometimes it can come across very like angry. Yeah. And it's a lot of here's what you shouldn't be doing right. versus like what you should be doing. Right. And so even if you look at like parenting and stuff, they talk now about instead of telling your kids like, hey, don't hit that other kid, they'll be like, okay, Johnny, let's keep our hands on our puzzle. You know, like right. you're telling them what to do instead of telling them what not to do. Right. I don't believe it always works. Because <laughs> sometimes Johnny just needs you to tell him what not to do, right? So I think there needs to be a balance right. for me at least. Me as a kid, right. I needed someone to tell me what not to do hmm. for sure. But when it was only that yeah. and it was never some sort of like positive reinforcement, it just didn't work for me. So is that, how did that affect your view of God? Oh, I thought God was just angry and disappointed at me. Mm. I never felt like I could be good enough for God. I, there wasn't, it just, there was also the belief of like, they didn't, okay, I just want to clarify. They didn't actually 
teach us this. At least I don't think they did. But my understanding was when you do bad things, you're going back to hell. Like you're back on your way to hell. Wow. And you lose your salvation. Wow. And so it was kind of like, hey, make sure you repent before you go to bed. Because if you die in your sleep, you don't know where you're going to be. And I was like so sin conscious all the Mm. time that eventually you get to the point where you're like, well, if I'm going to hell, I might as well. (laughs) Let me just live my life. Because it's exhausting trying to earn something that you can't earn. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I had, and I remember the day, I don't, uh, I probably was 16, 17. I think my siblings were out of the house already. So I was probably older teens. And I read the verse that talks about how nothing can separate you from mm. God's love, right? Right. Um, and I literally was like, whoa, wait a minute, mom. I like ran to the kitchen. It like was like, you had never heard that verse before? I have, but I, it was like, it, it was the first time that it dawned on me that I was like, wait, so mom, this is saying that there's nothing that I can do that would ever make God love me less. And she's like, yeah, like God literally loves you whatever amount and that's it forever. And I was like, so then the opposite must be true, that I, there's nothing that I can do to make God love me more. Because that was more of the problem for mm. me. Was it, it wasn't so much that I felt like such a disappointment to God, but it was like, I can't earn enough of God wow. type of thing, right? And so when I got that revelation, mm. I was like, wait a minute. Wow. I don't have to try so hard. Yeah. Now, yes, still struggle with the whole striving and the performance and all that. It's still there. Sure. But the revelation of like, I don't have to sit here every second of every day wondering if I could do more because I really feel like I really want to impress God and mm. although I didn't have to do that anymore. And so yeah. then it was kind of like, that was like the first layer of freedom, right? Because <laughs> there's still <laughs> plenty of layers. <laughs> but it was like the first time that wow. I realized something myself yeah. about God and was like, and it Whoa. was a good thing. It was yeah, and it wasn't positive. yeah, it wasn't like a negative thing. And so mm. from there, and I'm like, I'll talk to my mom now as an adult and she'll be like, we never taught you this or right. we never taught you that. And right. I'm like, yes. So I had to learn that too. Like, it's not that they taught me this. It was mm-hmm. just my understanding of what I was seeing. It was your way of trying. Yeah. It was your way of interpreting it, especially as you're young, you're trying to, you're trying to figure out how all of this makes sense. And yeah. if you, if it feels negative, even if it doesn't, it's not intentionally, if it feels yeah. negative, emphasizing negative things, your mind is going to pick that up, especially as a young kid. Yeah. And Wow. And so going from a church that had a lot of rules and kind of was like, God's kind of upset with you and you really need to get it together because if not, you know, this isn't like you can do better at life. Right. But in like a negative way, like, come on, you're better than that kid. Right. Get it together. Like in a negative way. That was that kind of overall general thing. Then I went to a church that was like, hey, you can do better in life get it together, but you can wear your jeans, right? (laughs) So I was like, awesome. Wore my jeans, put on all the makeup, dyed my hair, crazy colors. I did it all, right? But still went to church and no one could tell me that I wasn't saved. So getting close to the line, but I didn't cross it, right? Then I ended up going to a church that was like non-denominational, but had super Pentecostal roots. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're Pentecostal, just call it what it is. (laughs) But it was, it was a mix of all the things and but it was the first time that it was like people were happy in church. Wow. People were excited to be there. Mm-hmm. And like it was just the church was full of a bunch of people that had the similar backgrounds like mine. Wow. And also found freedom in mm-hmm. this like actual 
personal experience with Jesus and not just, well, I grew up in this kind of church, so I do church this way, whatever. And so I felt like I was at home. Wow. It was super diverse. So, I mean, I was only in Spanish churches. Right. Maybe, like, a few, like I said, we had some people only spoke English. So there was, like, maybe a few, like, super Americanized people. But for the most part, it was all Spanish. So to go to this new church and see, like, all these different, Hmm. it just was like, this is so cool. Wow. To be, like, you go to the same church as me and, like, you're Asian. That's weird for me. Right. Even though it's, like, Asian-American, Puerto Rican-American, we're really both just Americans. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, this is just really cool. It was just yes. different. And I didn't realize that it was something that I wanted until mm. I had it. And I was like, no, I really like this. But you couldn't tell me at 16, well, why don't you like your church? I, all I was saying was, like, because well, I don't want to wear skirts. Right. But it really was, like... It was deeper. But yeah. that was what was... That was what you could identify or yeah. understand. But you couldn't... At 16, you didn't have the words to articulate what was going on. I didn't even know what I wanted until I experienced it. And I was like, this is a church that I want to be a part of. And then even like the messages and things were like encouraging. And Mm. um, especially like, so I went to that church for like five or six years. And for that to be kind of where I grew, like I remember the first two months I was there, three months. I would literally leave every Sunday. Like, I feel like a new Christian. Wow. I feel like I just got saved and I've been wow. in church my entire life. Wow. But it was, one, English messages yeah. that I could really understand. Also, I'm 23, 24. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm grown older, now. Right? I can process things. Right. And I'm like, I'm choosing to do this without mom and dad, mm-hmm. without grandma, without people looking at me. I'm by myself in a building that I've never been in. And I literally get to just be like me and God and wow. figure this out. And it was like, it's cool, but it's also kind of sad because I grew up in church. So it's yeah. like, so then now my heart is like, I literally have a heart for people that are growing up in the church and don't mm. know God. Wow. Here's the story for you. In the Bible, prodigal son, right? So in my Bible, the top says the lost son. That whole chapter is the lost coin, the lost sheep, you know, whatever, the lost son. The story talks about the one son ran away, right? Had a great time. He was, <laughs> he was living it up. Ended up with some pigs. Realized this wasn't it. <laughs> pigs the animal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so whatever. He makes his way back home, right? Father is so excited he's back. Throws him a whole party. Does the whole thing, whatever. The other son, the older son, gets upset. And I remember, uh, it was probably like three or four years ago, I read that chapter and I was like, oh, man, I can be the older son. Hmm. I wasn't the person who ran away from church and lived whatever life for a few years and blah, blah, blah. I was the one who stayed and I went to church and I did whatever. And it put this inside of me of like, well, I never left church. I'm not Mm. as bad as those people. Right. And like, I wouldn't say it out loud because, you know, no way I'm not that person. But inside I'm thinking like, so these other people are going to try to do churches. They don't know how to do church. They haven't, I've been in church my whole life, you know, like I know way more than you guys. And so me realizing like the older son lived with the father hmm. and still didn't understand the father's heart. Wow. And I, okay, bawled my eyes out, wow. right? And literally was like, God, I do not want to, what good is it to be in church your whole life and not even know God? Yeah. You know of him. Yeah. I could do, I, like I said, I could run an entire church. I know how to do church. We've done this our whole lives. 
you know the words to say, you know what to say to to get people excited and hyped up. It's great. It looks great from the outside. And it might even cause a real experience for people because God is God. God will meet people based on their faith and do their thing. But for me, I didn't even really know him. Wow. And I'm sitting here like the lost son. Which Mm. one was lost? Mm. Right. Right? Right. We know the one that ran away, but the one that ran away was like, I know my dad. He'll at least let me be a servant. He knew that about his dad. The older one is like, you're going to let you're going to let this guy back in the house. And it's like, why would I not let my own son back in the house? Like, you don't even know your own dad's heart. Wow. That is so powerful. And I sat there like, that is me. And I think that can be a lot of church people Hmm. that. Even if you didn't grow up in church, but like when you've been saved for quite a while and then you see like some people coming in and you're like, oh, well, they're going to come in. You're going to come into church. Remember when people first started wearing skinny jeans and everyone would get upset. All these young pastors with their skinny jeans, they got holes in them and they're like, and you you just like, you don't have to, you don't have to like skinny jeans. I'm just saying, but they're like when you check yourself, like, why is this bothering me? Right. Why does someone else worshiping God differently bother mm. me? Why does someone else sinning differently bother me? Cause wow. we all do it. You right. know, we all have our own struggles and right. deal with whatever things. So why are you mad if someone else, hmm. their sin just looks it's a little different than yours. It's right. still sin is sin. So yeah, that was like my, my, another big moment where I was like, wow, I need to get it together. Wow. And I just was like, I want to help church people. Mm. And I think that's why I love like the local church so much Mm -hmm. because it's like, these are people that are here every week trying to like do this thing. And like, we can help you actually go to church or grow up in church and know God. Like it's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. And that's so true of you now. I have to we have to pry you away from church to get you back to come like, back to classes and all I of that. Really but really love it so but much. I, but I love that you do. Like that that yeah. passion, despite having grown up in in a, a church that that may have stifled that desire. I mean, some people grow up in that type of environment and never go back to church. Yeah. Right. I know. Yeah, I have a few that I'm like super gifted, super talented. Yeah. But a lot of times are just used for their gifts and talents right. and it's hard not to do that. Mm-hmm. So I know cause I, I was on a church staff, right? Right. For five years. I know what it's like to be like, we really just need this person to do. They're really good at this and yeah. we really need them to do it. Yeah. But God is God and he's way bigger than mm-hmm. like our needs. So I think when you have to like, Figure out a way to be relational with the people. Yeah. Talk, to, like, see the person right. over just their gift. Absolutely. Like, yes, you're gifted, but outside of your gift, you're valuable because of who you are. Right. And I think the reality is sometimes the people just, you, they're not. Hmm. You're not, like, the church doesn't see them as valuable because they only see them as their gift. So right. you can't add value to a person that you don't value to begin with right. because you're really just like, oh, well, we needed a singer or we right. needed a musician or we need someone to run the kids department or right. we need, you know, a teacher, we need whatever, a greeter, whatever role that they you need them to fill. Right. You see them as like, but you're really good at doing this. Hmm. And it's like, great, but maybe that person had a really rough week. Right. When was the last time you just checked in on them to see right. like, are you doing okay? Well, it, it, it's the, the challenge of churches as well as everything else, but especially churches 
if we, if we prioritize the task or the event or the service or the functioning of the church over the people in it and the mandate to be in relationship, to disciple, to grow, then we're missing the whole point of church. And I think that's an important yeah. thought. So where do you feel like, is that kind of where you're at now in, in your life and in your, your church focus, your church ministry, is to really help people see and understand the value of church, to, um, to see how they can experience God in church, um, where do you feel like, especially for you as you look forward in your future in, and in church ministry, sounds like you're pretty tied to it. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to be doing church the rest of my <laughs> life. <laughs> but I mean, it's that's great. Like I yeah. get excited thinking about it. I think that one of my biggest things is communicating. First mm. of all, clearly, I talk enough for everybody for the both of us no I've literally talked my whole life and it's so funny because when I was little my grandpa told me that I should go into radio <laughs> which part of me is like oh cool radio but then I'm like are you saying I'm not pretty enough for tv grandpa <laughs> no but I but I love talking and I realize as an adult I just love communicating I I overshare for sure. I will give every detail of every story and get sidetracked. Even a few times today, you're like, so back to what you're talking about. Like, but, and I realize it. I know that I do this. Mm -hmm. But I think what it happens is it makes me really good at giving out information. Yeah. So I like that role of like, Helping. who needs to know what yeah. so we can communicate. And yeah. like, and then are they understanding? Yeah. Because just because I said it doesn't mean you understand. So right. I will, which is why I overshare. I'll say things 12 different ways to mm -hmm. make sure everyone in the room... And then it's like, all right, somebody repeat it back to me. What did I tell you? You know? But I love that because even just thinking like the people that run church, right? So you have the people that go to church. You have the people that run the church, like the volunteers and the staff and all that. I like making sure that they're good so that they can do their gift to help mm. the people, like to serve the people. Right. So I like being like the leader of leaders mm. type of thing. Not to ensure that they're doing their job well. Yeah. In order to ensure that the people coming to church yes. are having a good Because I've experience. seen people, like, for example, like my worship pastor, great with people. Hmm. Literally, I've never seen a person connect with people so fast, so quick. Great. Right. But there's other things where I'm like, well, maybe we can be a little more organized <laughs> in these areas. Right? But that's where I come in, where I right. can help with right. that. I'm not, I'm not bad with people. I used to think I was really bad with people, but I'm really not. I'm You're actually not. thanks. I think that I I've, I've got I've grown a lot for sure and I've recognized how I am with people so mm. I can kind of like learning about different personalities and all sure. that has helped me a lot for sure. sure. But I know that like I can't I still don't do it at the level that he does it. It's mm. a it's it's a fivefold ministry pastoring it, gift that this gift. man has. Absolutely. And so to see that happen is like Hmm. we need you to do what only you can do, yeah, right? right? So then I'm going to do what I can do so right. that you can do what you can yeah. do. And the sheep will be taken care of by right. the pastor, by the right. shepherd, because I made sure hmm. that, you know, the shepherd had a list that was organized and <laughs> color-coded. <laughs> I just like to do my job to make sure that your job is easier yeah. so that you can actually impact the lives. So I know I'm impacting people yeah. through the people that I help to impact yeah. type of thing. So I don't feel like, um, yeah, it's just different. It's just, 
I, I just, I just have to say, <laughs> no, but I love, I really love your heart. Like to say, and it, it sounds funny because you're not quiet <laughs> to say that you're humble, but I really think that's true. Like you mm. got such a great heart and your desire to serve and you don't, even though you can communicate and can be loud, you don't need to be out there in the front all the time mm -hmm. demanding attention. Like you just really want to serve. And I love your heart for the church. The mm. church is is something that it needs to be saved because yeah. it's struggling. Yeah. And I love that you you have a passion for it and seeing it to a certain extent revitalized and to be able to do what it what it can do. Um, any last thoughts or 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 pieces of advice or stories or oh man. No, no but no, I'll be it... back because <laughs> Oh yeah, you will be back for sure. We have so much more to talk about. <laughs> I will say this, just, just so everyone knows. Hmm. So my parents still go to the church that we grew up in. My grandma's still there. I was going to ask, has yeah. there been like, was that a difficult transition? Were they okay with? Um, there, was, there was moments that were difficult. I mean, like me getting a job, going shopping and buying a whole new wardrobe of jeans and then coming home and trying them on and being like, look, mom. <laughs> That, that, was, little, that was the way you told them? It was a little awkward. <laughs> okay, so every time we'd go shopping, I would always get home and be like, try on stuff and show her what I got. And like, remember this, you know, shirt matches great with these shoes, whatever. And so you put on like a little fashion show. We've done it our whole lives. Aww. So why would I change it? <laughs> Just because now it's jeans? I'm still going to, whatever. Like she knew I was going to another church. Aww. So it was fine. And it kind of was hurtful. And mm. it was more so like, for her, so side note, my mom had an experience where she went away to college and was exposed to the liberal Christians, mm, right? Where right, she right. grew up super conservative and sure. like in a box. Sure. Back in the day, you stayed home, you did whatever. Sure. You didn't have the internet. Right. You, didn't, you didn't get to watch the world, right? right? You just did your life in our very small town. Right. So then she went away to college, was super exposed to a lot of things, and it was very overwhelming. Mm. And she just was like, this is not for me. Felt like God was like, hey, stick to your roots mm. of what you learned. Yeah. Do that. So she did that. Mm. Cool. God didn't tell me that. <laughs> that was God's word for you, mom, not for me, right? So as I learned more things and I was more exposed and I like saw things, I was like, man, like, you can love Jesus and wear jeans. <laughs> I'm wearing jeans. <laughs> like, you know, and it wasn't, and it's, it's like so funny to me because people will be like, jeans? Yeah. And right, I'm like, right. I literally didn't wear jeans till yeah. I was 20. Wow. I wore jean skirts, but I didn't have wow. jeans. I have some photos. I'll have to show you. It's like you really, like even to school, you didn't wear jeans? Yeah. Oh my God. And then like in the winter, because it's New York, it's cold. I would just wear like leggings underneath my, oh my God, my skirts. I refuse to wear long skirts too because I'm short. I just felt like it made me look shorter. And <laughs> so I wanted to be like warm, but not, yeah. I didn't want to be warm bad enough yeah, right. to wear the long skirts. I wasn't going to do it. But yeah, so with that being my mom's experience, then for me to kind of like step out and be, especially since I'm a little bit more bold and adventurous. I'm trying to think of <laughs> good words to use, but that's just my personality. So I was okay with being like, this is what I'm doing with my life. Right. Like, you're going to kick me out the house, which mm. they wouldn't do because, of course, I'd no. rather, you know, I want yeah. my child living with me. And I'm like, cool. So I'm going to live here and I'm going to wear jeans. Awesome. Wow. So it was, it was awkward. And there was moments where different things. The day that I cut my hair off because I had long hair down to my waist. I, Wait, you couldn't cut your hair? You couldn't cut your hair. 
a you woman's hair is you is, couldn't cut your hair. So the verse that they use for like the churches that wear veils of covering right, right, yourself, right. they First would Corinthians eleven. Yes, they would use that as your hair. Like your hair is what covers you. You couldn't wear pants and you couldn't cut your hair. Yes. Wow. And so Puerto Rican, long, curly, whatever hair. Eventually it was like, I went to a church that said I could. (laughs) And so I went from hair at my waist. I cut it like straight cut bob right at my, like between my shoulders and my chin. Wow. It was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I looked... I looked so good. <laughs> wow. And I just went, chopped it off. And then I probably had it like that for like a week. And then my dad was like, whoa, why did you do that? I'm like, first of all, dad, it's been like this for a week. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. No. But also it was kind of like, isn't it cute, dad? What do you think? Whatever. And then, yeah, he wasn't happy. He really likes long hair. Just in general, he sure, likes long hair. Sure. So he's like. So it was, it was difficult. Was it yeah. difficult? Is it difficult still with certain members of your family? No. There's, now it's not so much the rules. Now it's more like personal beliefs of, mm. you know, like, can you lose your salvation? Well, what scripture mm. tells us and blah, blah. And, like, it's more like theological questions more right. where now it's not that big of a deal. Because, right. I mean, they've seen my hair every single color. <laughs> I've done green, blue, red. Right now we're in the, the burgundy, purplish, whatever phase. But So that kind of stuff is kind of like whatever now. Yeah. It's been years. So probably, like, yeah, it's been like 10 years. So wow. it is what it is. <laughs> but overall, they still go to that church. My grandma's still go there. My, my brother and sister are more like me. Hmm. We're in this uh, modern, non-denominational, hmm. life-giving type of right. whatever vibe. But we, all three of us still serving church, serving yeah doing what we have to do. And I think that that's helped them to right. kind of help like my parents kind of see like right. at Except, least our kids are yes. serving the Lord and right. they've seen the opportunities that we've had wow. that yes, we have a very healthy foundation that was like, you're going to learn Jesus, right. right? We learned scriptures and we right. learned how to do church and we learned all those things. Yeah. It was a little, a little different for me, not fully understanding certain things, but like, but I learned that church was first and mm. I learned that God had to be present in your life. And even yeah. through everything that I've been through, I've never actually left God. Mm. I never once was like, well, maybe he's not real or maybe like he's there. I believe yeah. he's real and I know, you know, he's there. Right. So that's, I think, helped them to kind of be like, mm. at least our kids are serving Christ right. and they can understand a lot right. better. And they see the fruit of your life that it's not, that it's real. It's genuine relationship. Yeah. with God. It's so awesome. Yep. Well, thanks for being on. Yes, for sure. This is one of many. I know there's so much more. I know there's way so much more, but thanks for being on. And, Next time uh, I'll sing you some songs. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want you to sing it in Spanish. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I could really say anything and you would have no idea. I would have no idea. None. 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 It could just be, <laughs> it could be tongues. It could be tongues. I have no idea. <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. This was episode 18 of the Nefesh podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Would love to hear from you. Uh, You can email me at thenefeshpodcast at gmail.com. Would love to dialogue with you. And uh, we will talk to you next time.